0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to uh, the, the podcast, uh, the niche podcast uh, about the one thing I know and love, and that's game shows, I suppose. I am your host, Jordan Haas, and I'm sorry, I'm laughing right before the start of this episode. I uh, just got a few funny tweets and, and funny Discord messages from a few of my, my friends, like Ian, and, and it cracked me up uh, right before recording. I cannot compose myself at all. <laughs> um, I, I Once again, no guess this episode. I, it's our third episode. And I think the rule is if if you don't get a guess on the third episode, you just kind of don't have guess. I think that's the way it, it works, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, this is the third episode. Uh, last... Uh, Last episode we did Jeopardy, first episode was 1 versus 100, and I figure that for today's episode we should do a foreign game show, um, because I, I feel that while the first one was kind of something that was kind of recent, but you know, ended, and the last episode was something currently on the air, and had a cult appeal, I feel that the other game show that I can kind of explain... Is kind of foreign formats as I've explained kind of in earlier uh, podcasts and in recent uh, episodes. I really enjoy international formats. Uh, one of my favorite things is to go check the internet, see what new game shows are going on in the United Kingdom, Canada, ITV, Holland, uh, Italy, Israel, and, and just in Japan. Just to see what is going to be the latest, greatest sensations, and I kind of I'm not I'm not saying I'm batting a thousand here, but I do have a good niche of what does work. Uh, One such format is, of course, the uh, Korean and Chinese singing variety competition show, The Mask Singer, or King of Mask Singer. Uh, That's coming to Fox, I believe, January second, if I'm not mistaken. And as I've mentioned earlier a lot of uh, television game shows uh, just aren't original formats anymore um for instance uh one versus 100 is a holland format uh and then you have uh deal or no deal uh survivor was expedition robinson big brother is another uh, netherlands based game show uh, the wall is an original American format that I can safely say, but I think it's only because of the fact you got executive producer of LeBron James that that even got even a, a glimmer of, of viewing. Um, a reason a lot of this happens is because, uh, television executives aren't risk takers anymore. Uh, it doesn't really happen as much these days that for a lot of executives, they want to pick a foreign format, someone else to take the risk before they do. This is because uh, they want to save their own asses in the event the show fails. If the show fails, someone's going to be in hot water and possibly fired. But if you say, but it was a hit in the United Kingdom, it was a hit in Australia, it got the views, it got the views, it's a good show! That's, that's, kind of your excuses that you have to have so you see a lot of foreign formats uh, first before it makes the transition over here to the United States Um, such examples would include uh, the million pound drop became million dollar money drop Uh, uh, you also have things like the chase on the game show network Uh, both of those shows will have their own special episodes as well uh, but other times an Are You Smarter Than the 5th grader might appear, and then it transitions into Are You Smarter Than a 10-Year-Old or, or somewhere else where there's a different uh, primary school system. <laughs> you also have uh, formats such, such as uh, as uh, America's Funniest Home Videos, which was originally just one segment of a Japanese variety show. Uh, so, so a long time ago, it's, uh, this is no, nothing new, a lot of game shows are very push and pull where american-based formats will try to get sold around the world for instance family feud with family fortunes uh, or we asked 100 people in whatever foreign language you, you can think of i don't know i don't know every version off the top of my head and we'll get that when family feud becomes the episode so my appeal is of course looking at foreign formats and. Sometimes a Taskmaster shows up, and I'm like, that would be great. And then it, they blow it. Um, that happens. But one game show that I have argued time and time again that should be in an American format is tonight's episode. And it's a game show called The Cube. The Cube is not to be confused with that horror movie. Whenever I bring up, the, there's a game show called The Cube, all your chuckle-headed friends go, oh, you mean the horror movie? Ha ha ha. And I don't know Canadian horror movies. Um, I, don't, I don't know anything about uh, spooky uh, haunted house cubes that murder people. But what I do know is the game show The Cube, a game show that originally uh, was going to be pitched to Channel 4. Uh, the creator Adam Adler at the time uh, was making a game show called Beat the Nation. And then he decided, you know what, uh, I, I want to see if I can do, get this show going, I believe in 20, 2008, to Channel 4. And it's the game show is, was going to be hosted by Justin Lee Collins, who's one of these stand-up comedian variety show, funny acts, it looks like a giant lion. He went on to host a game show called Heads or Tails, where just just flipping a coin for a million pounds. Uh, it didn't go over so well. Channel 4 said, no, uh, we cannot have this show. It's too expensive. But in February 2009, ITV purchased the rights to the show, and the filming began April 2009 at the Wembley Fountain Studios with their host, Philip Schofield. Philip Schofield is the host of The Cube. Uh, he has a whole resume of different game shows and hosting careers. Uh, he is currently the host of. I believe, uh, Good Morning. I, or it, It's it's a it's a breakfast show. They don't have Good Morning shows. It's called Breakfast Shows. But um, he does a different variety of things. Uh, he is host of uh, Five Gold Rings, which is the most recent game show he's a part of. Uh, he did All-Star Mr. and Mrs., which is kind of like a mix between Tales and the Newlywed Game. Uh, he hosted this weird... Uh, A show called "You're Back in the Room" that was kind of like "You're Back in the Room," which is like hypnotism. Uh, "Beat the Star," which was their attempt at Schlagenbrug and a a German game show, which I definitely want to cover on this show. But you know, if the second I do it, people are going to think I'm just skimming to the bottom of the barrel if I explain million-dollar forklift supervising. It's such a silly show. Um, He was—he's the host of "This Morning." That's the name of his show. And, uh, and it, it's, a f- and Dancing on Ice. Those are two of his big hits. So he's the host of a game show called The Cube. The Cube is really, it's not that tough to explain, but it's also really tough to describe in terms of just an audio podcast, plus one that's going to last probably an hour and a half, Knowing the last couple of episodes, so... The cube is a skill-based game show where one contestant can win up to a quarter of a million pounds. The only thing standing in their way is seven games played inside a pexiglass cube. Uh, This cube measures four meters by four meters by four meters, which if I can do the math is, let's see, 13.1234. All right, so 13 meters, should we say. Uh, is the size of the cube. Uh, These games are not just played with the cube itself, because there's also a light-up LED floor on the bottom. Uh, Therefore, games could be played uh, such as uh, just stopping at a right period of time as uh, a little light goes back and forth to a, a memory game where you see the floor and there's five squares and you have to walk across each of the five squares... To physical games, where it's standing on a balance beam for 10 seconds. To bouncing a ball once and then having it land inside a cylinder. Or the infamous uh, game where you bounce a ball and it goes to two cylinders and then the third one is basically a basket. Uh, If you complete a challenge, you win the money. If you fail a challenge, you lose a life. If you lose all your lives inside the cube, you lose everything and the game is over. If you succeed the game, you get the money and then you must decide if you want to stop playing or take your chance in the next game. Before you decide, we will show you what the next game is. The voice of the cube is Colin McFarlane. Colin McFarlane basically is part announcer, part the cube. Uh, He is an actor famous in Coronation Street, among other television shows. Uh, If you are a a fan of uh, Little Big Planet 2, he provides some dialogue for that. And he's also the voice of Greg in the Buzz video games. Greg is the the, uh, actual quiz show host on Buzz. Buzz is the voice that sounds like this. Greg's the one going... In the blah 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 video games, which one is the, the? So Colin McFarlane is the voice of the cube. I'm not gonna try and replicate it, but I'll try my best to simulate it. Uh, basically, the cube will sound like this, and it's always a big, deep narration, and it's and it's always explaining the game. Like one is essentially, you gotta count to ten and then hit a button. You push the button once, and the stopwatch starts. You don't see the time. And then after you count to 10, you push the button. If you are within 0. 0.4 seconds or 0. 0.5 seconds, give or take above it, you win. So then you hear the announcer give like a, his appeal, like, you must push the button and then stop before 10 seconds. If you go over the 0. 0.5 seconds, you will lose a life. It's only counting to 10, but can it be done inside the cube? And then there's a body. The body is basically this weird Pepsi man lookalike, but with like a hair weave and a mask, you don't see the face and it's all silver and you might assume that they're made of Capri Sun. And they basically try every game and they are the experts of all games played inside the cube. Um, so the, the body is basically like the example. So, so you, the contestant theoretically, even though I'm pretty sure the body just recorded themselves doing all the games in advance, and then they splice it inward. Uh, showing how the game is played. So for instance, there's one where you have to stack 10 cylinders, one after the other. But if it falls, you will lose a life. Or one where you pick up a ball and you have to throw it into a target so it smashes a uh, trick glass. Uh, Things like that are are shown. Uh, My favorite game is called, I believe it's called Expulsion, where it's basically, here's this big tub of 500 ping pong balls and they have to dispense of it in like 20 seconds now i know what you're saying a lot of these games seem pretty simple and pretty boring if it was an actual game show but the appeal to the cube is that while these games are being shown and played in a very fast reflex puzzles or very like deductive reasoning games or balance puzzles or memory match or One of those handshake games, like you have to have a steady nerve to move a stick through three rings without having that stick touch any of the inside of the the ring, is the direction of the show, because there are probably hundreds of cameras on this at any time, and there's slow motion cameras, super slow motion cameras, uh, cameras that can go above and below at the same time. Do that 360 matrix effect. And it makes for a really tense game. A game that could be played maybe for like five minutes, like a deal or no deal, could now be seen as super slow and super intense. And that is what makes this show so appealing, at least to me. Because with a game like Expulsion, where you're throwing ping pong balls, suddenly it's super slow-mo. You see the balls just start flying everywhere. And then you start seeing a 360 view. Then it starts zooming into the box. And then you see the box with all the balls eliminate. Then you see the camera zoom in on like the last four. And you hear the voice go four. Three. Two. One. When they fail, the light turns red. And then the ominous voice of the cube goes. Eight lives remaining, and it keeps continues going. Like six lives remaining, four lives remaining, three lives remaining, one life remaining. If that contestant loses their final life, contestant defeated. To which super slow mo of them in defeat, the host in disgust, and their their friends. Because yet, because like a deal or no deal, you have this the friends and supporters in the crowd. So they cut into that. A cool direction trick which I love is if you see, is a lot of times during the game, you see the reflective glass and the only lights you see for the contestant is the host and the three people in the audience and no one else, which makes it even more sinister because the purpose of this game, and I have to explain what's, because there's story of the game and then there's the conflict of the game. So this is a man versus house game, the house being the cube. The way to beat the cube, you gotta get through seven games. The seventh game is one of the previous six games played on much harder difficulty. Uh, along the way, there are, except for the game seven, there are t- two attempts. Uh, you have a trial run, which lets you play the game inside the cube, and then make you decide uh, if you want to play it or not for the real money. So if you did it well, that's great. You know you can do it, but do you want to do it again for the next amount of money? And the other is a simplify. If a game becomes too challenging and you are getting frustrated and you know time is running out, you can use a simplify, which makes the game a little bit simpler. Maybe the uh, the, win re- the win scale is a little wider. Maybe the cylinder is a little bigger. Maybe the ball is a little smaller. Maybe instead of 10 seconds, you have 15 seconds to complete the challenge. Things like that are, are what makes the cube uh, even more fun. Because that means that every game has three difficulties. The simplified mode, the standard mode, and then the, the jackpot mode of what is game seven. Uh, where, where should we continue going from this? Um, so the story of the cube is... If I have to come up with some sort of story. Uh, you have your contestant. And this is a contestant that's going to go against the Omnius cube. And we're assuming this cube is is somewhat uh, it, uh, evil, but we, no, they're not evil. It's a game show, and it's a it's a smart assy cube that just says, "Well, you know, you're a teacher, but can you count inside the cube?" Things like that. Uh, so. It's supposed to be this big challenge where it's you versus the cube. The only way to beat the cube is you got to complete all seven challenges. If you decide to walk away, you don't beat the cube, but you win the money. That is usually the closing statement of Philip Schofield uh, during a game show in which a contestant decides to walk away. Let me read the price tree. Uh, game ones for a thousand game two's for two thousand game three is for ten thousand game fours for twenty thousand game five is for fifty thousand game six is for one hundred thousand and the jackpot game is of the course the quarter million uh, pounds uh, so uh, th- so for the the show, essentially it comes down to maybe around game four or five, that the game becomes a bit, uh, decision-making because now you have 20,000 pounds and that's in, in British terms, that's actually pretty decent. That is a a bigger money to the side. If you want to double or nothing on a a game, that essentially is just, uh, flicking a ball into a, a cup of water. Um, so, so the, the conflict of the show is twofold. One, it's you versus the cube and getting through the seven games. But the second part is the inner turmoil that comes with the contestant and the big money when it comes to being inside the cube. Um, the, the appeal to the cube is, a, is much like an Are You Smart in a fifth grader, much like Millionaire, when we get to those games, with a prize tree structure. It's the money gets higher, but the games somewhat get a little bit tougher. Not necessarily, but we'll say, sure, they get tougher. Um, as they get tougher and your lives are being diminished, because we assume you're not going to get it right on the first try. A lot of the time with these games, you're going to try it once and you're going to blow it. Imagine uh, the game at the carnival where you have the three balls and you have to knock over the, the milk jugs. If you do it on your first try, okay, that's, that's impressive. But on average, you know, it might take you three or four tries before you can actually uh, complete it. So imagine this as essentially the game show. Now imagine this game also where you have, because it's an American audience, let's just assume you have $50,000 right now, and this game is for $100,000. Do you take the $50,000 or do you play on for the $100,000? That's what makes for an exciting game. Uh, The game show uh, debuted on August 22nd, 2009, and pretty much is on hiatus because its last episode aired August 8th, 2015, which means it's about three years old at this point. Uh, There is music at every uh, part of the show, which adds to the tension of the game in addition to the super slow-mo and, and the direction. Uh, the conflict of the game is twofold, once again, with the contestant versus the cube, because that's the main appeal is you beat all seven games, you get the jackpot. And then it's the inner turmoil because you have the supporters there and you have these games for big money. That's kind of why uh game shows like Fifth Grader uh, came into being. Uh, because are you smarter than the fifth graders appeal uh, mostly is we're throwing a crap load of money at you for answering really simple questions so there's that moment where you have three hundred thousand dollars this question's for half a million dollars and it's something like um what country what what is the home state of george washington and you don't know what you're assuming it's virginia you remember it could be virginia but you don't want to lose lots and lots of money on just a hunch. That's similar appeal is that with the cube where it's, you are spinning around on a, uh, one of those dizzy things and you have to throw a ball into a cylinder while standing on it. You can, you assume you can have the, you cause you probably spend an office chair all the time throwing basketballs like those little paper balls into the wastebasket that you assume. Well, it's similar to that. I think I can do it. I, I don't know if I can. I have four attempts, and this is for two hundred thousand dollars. I don't know. Or in this case, because it's the cube, you know, you're playing for fifty thousand when you have twenty thousand right now. Or fifty to a hundred thousand. Something like that always brings the conflict to the contestant. Philip Schofield once said that in an episode of the Cube. Uh, there are two types of games being played in the cubes: the ones inside the cube and the one inside the head. And that was not just because you want to add tension and add spiel. That's basically the main part of the cube. It is this game inside the head and the game inside the inside the cube itself. And when you're inside the cube, people have said it is claustrophobic, it is intense, it is scary. And it's just a plexiglass cube. Think like going into a greenhouse glass cube that's 13 feet by 13 feet by 13 feet, as it turns out. So so the, the game is is exciting. And what made the cube a refreshing British show was it was primetime format. And it's a wide variety of games. So much show so that the cube went on to have its own app on iPhone and iPad, and I believe Android. And if you and I believe it's still here. Let me check real quick just to see if the cube is still available to, for purchase. Because uh, I used to have the cube game without even being in a fake VPN. Uh, the cube is no longer. Av- oh, it is actually all three media international. Wow! Uh, it even still has recorded my five-star review on June 28th, 2014. Uh, that is kind of fun. And, well, wow, all the games are there. I don't know if I want to play it on on stream, but you know what? Screw it. We'll, we'll, we'll give it a go. Um, as this is going on, um, I'm going to just... This is gonna be an interesting podcast. We're gonna to listen to Jordan play the Cube game on the air. Um, so uh, there's, because it is a British game show. It, it only lasted maybe 79 episodes out of the of the nine seasons it aired. Um, but there was no, there's only one person who has ever uh, beaten the Cube, uh, and that was Mo Farah. Mofara, the famous Olympic athlete. Uh, you know, the heart and everything. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of fun to see. Uh, whoa! There you go. The Mofara Mobot signature pose. A little mob, the little the little hat, the little heart. It's like a love thing. Yeah, Mofara uh, has been the cube. Uh And it was for a quarter million pounds in the charity special. The game was called barrier barrier is a game where you're blindfolded and you basically have to go through three little small barriers. If you've ever, um, I don't know how to equate it. Like if you ever seen dowels, like if you put dowels on something, they're very thin and you don't want them to break. Um, but if you knock it off the pedestal, you lose. If you stomp on it, you lose. So the idea is to basically, like, as you're blindfolded, go over two barriers in the main game. I believe if you simplified it was one barrier. And in the jackpot game, it was three. And, of course, he went over all three. Uh, Patty McGinnis and Alicia Dixon all won 100000 playing Construction. I forgot what that game was. Um, But uh, as the app is downloading... Uh, it was available for Nintendo 3ds and Nintendo Wii and PlayStation 3 uh, consoles so if you wanted if you were a kid you wanted to play the cube you could. Uh, oh, here we go. let's see here what the cube sounds like. There's update statistics. there's a uh, Cube game packs I, I believe I own, I own all three. All right, so here we go play. No, I own all of them. Game, thank you very much. Challenge. There's no audio. Oh, here we go. Let me just turn off the uh, audio here. There we go. So here's the first one. You've got the. Here's the app. You can play it right now on android phones or i guess ipod that's kind of neat all right so oh it's connected my bluetooth for some reason all right area Ooh, dramatic music all right so the reason i'm going to play this app is also because that way i can explain some of the games better <laughs> I, i'm just doing it as, as like on the go uh fixes so nine lives game one for 1000 all right Let's see what this game is. It looks like the cube. That's kind of neat. All right. Um, tally. All right. So let me read it in the, in the voice. A number of balls will be released. You must count all the balls within the time limit. That's a game on the cube. Tally. All right. Um, I might as well just go in there. I have nothing to lose. All right. So I'm looking at some balls. Uh f- I think there were 18, I think there was 18, so I'm gonna put one eight, done. Oh no! Eight remaining. That's sinister, Jesus. All right, try again. 22 now, I guess they changed it? Usually, it's the same. All right. Hey, I won the first game. Let's keep going. Game two is for 2,000. It was kind of like a little shoot, like it kind of like a big box, and then the, the glass would just fizzle out. It's kind of weird. Oh, it's called Pulse. You must push the button to freeze the red pulse as it reaches the edge of the cube. The game starts on your first push of the button and ends on the second. All right. Let me go for it. Oh, I have to like camera. Okay, here we go. Listen to that music. Oh man, so dramatic. What a dramatic game show. Alright, so I'm pushing a button now. Now. I did it! I did it. I got 2000. Alright. I wish I had friends and family to root me on, but. <laughs> what, we're kidding. <laughs> I have no friends or family who wants to be on my game show podcast. Composure. Starting from the red safe zone, you must move your finger very slowly clockwise around the circular bar from one end to the other without moving too far from the bar. The game begins when your finger leaves the first red safe zone. Your view will automatically follow your finger and speed up as your finger moves further from the center of the screen. This is for 10000 Let's go for it. I have not played this game in, I guess, four years, so this is gonna be interesting. This is like some MLG stuff. All right, oh, oh geez. Okay. Oh no, 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 no. I can't see what's going on right now. There's a lens flare effect that makes it look like a James J. Abrams. Oh, I did it. <laughs> Like a J.J. Abrams thing. Like, there's a big spotlight on my eyes. I got two and a half stars for that performance. I didn't know I was graded. I guess I'm bad at the cube, but I succeeded. I don't... Uh, oh, what's the third game? Oh, Cylinder is the infamous one. That's the one I was talking about. You must bounce the ball into the cylinder. It can only bounce once before it reaches the target, and you may stand anywhere in the cube. The challenge starts as soon as you touch the ball. All right, this is the one bounce game. Okay. Darn it! Seven lives remaining. I'm going again. No, I went to I went over now. <laughs> Six, lives. Six lives remaining. There you go. Come on in there. No, five lives remaining. All right, and there, I did it. I I got it in the ball, I got 20,000, I have five lives left. And there's three games away, can we do it? Let's play for 50,000 fictional British pounds. Actually, I really am enjoying this, I think this is actually one where I suggest you guys play the app. Oh no, it's called Exact. You must press the button exactly 20 times within a set amount of time. If you run out of time or do not press the button exactly 20 times, you will lose a life. Focus and speed are of equal importance. Alright. I gotta push a button 20 times. This is thrilling stuff. But really, on the show, it it you it just is really cool. Let's see here. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 18 19, 20. I think that's 21. They gave me one over. He messed me over! Four lives remaining. I'm going again, but I don't like what you did there, Cube. 17. Darn it. Three lives remaining. I know it's a lot of money, but I gotta go on one more time! 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10... That has to be 20. That's 20. That's 30! (laughs) Why did I tap it 30 times? Uh Uh-oh. I can't count. Simplify it now. Let's do our simplify. Did it! 20. There you go. Nailed it! Now I got... I got myself 50,000. The next game's for 100,000 pounds. What could it possibly be? Revolution, this is the cylinder thing where he's, while standing on a revolve platform, you must throw the ball into the target container. You'll be spun around at, t- at speed. Okay. Well, let me just do the trial run then, because I have it. Okay, two attempts. I failed it, but I'm going for it. I have two attempts. I can do it. Listen how dramatic this song is as I try to throw a playground ball into a hole. I did it. I got a hundred thousand. I have two lives left, and I'm on the final game. This is the quarter million jackpot game. Can I complete the cube? This is never. I could have played the Jeopardy game. Now I think about it no not exact you must press the button exactly 20 times in a set amount of time if you run out of time or do not press the button exactly 20 times you lose life focus and spear equal importance you know i did not do so well in that game i'm not going to beat the cube today i'm just going to take the 100 grand Okay, that's that's the cube, more or less played in an app-based format, but not stretched to a forty-four-minute show. I enjoyed the cube. Um, I bet that segment will not really be well to the listening audience, but oh well. Um, the cube definitely does work in terms of, of its of wide variety of games. Now, fun thing is. Because the Cube was going to go international, and it is. It's an international show. There's versions in China and France and Italy and Portugal. None of them are on the air anymore. Um, there was an attempt to have it in, on, in the United States. So it's not going to be the first time it has happened. So the pilot episode was hosted by Neil Patrick Harris, and it was for CBS. Yes, Neil Patrick Harris... Uh, this was during the time of How I Met Your Mother, and it's big hit, so let's get Barney to host the show. Uh, the top prize on this show was half a million dollars, because, you know, if you do the exchange rate well enough, you'll know a quarter million pounds is half a million. That's amazing. Um, it never really got picked up. Uh, it got rejected. Uh, partially the reason was because because uh, I, I haven't seen the full pilot, but I have seen parts of it. Neil Patrick Harris was an okay host. But the issue with the Cube is, I believe, the casting that they got for the contestants for this pilot uh, mixed in part also with the way that they did the prize tree itself for the half a million. Um, Because, of course, this being any game show in America, Woo, 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 yeah, you tell that Cube, don't do it. Woo, woo, yeah, woo, yeah. And that's not the part of the cube. The cube doesn't have those kind of contestants. They kind of have brave people, you know, like firefighters and policemen. And the idea of that is supposed to be they're kind of heroic in a way, because that's, that's the story of the game. It's, these are heroes taking on the cube and the challenges and the voice and then the inner struggle. And I think they narrowed the prize tree structure so there was no inner turmoil when it came to playing the game. So a lot of the time, the contestants would just keep going until there was maybe the one hundred thousand dollar game or the quarter million dollar. I don't know what the 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 price tree was. It must have been very, very cheap. Uh, if that never uh, happened as, as a game, um, which I'm kind of, I'm kind of weirded by, but you know, it's fine. Um, I think the cube would work, but of course, it never really came to be here because as the cube was in development, NBC tried their own game show, a game show tentatively called Perfect 10, which later became Minute to Win It, that show with Guy Fieri. Of course, that's going to have its own episode as well, and there was probably the Ono version and I kind of talk about my time working on that show. That's got to be a weird episode. Um So, so uh, the cube uh never really saw the the light of day here in america and i think there's a whole lot of reasons why and partially it could have been the gimmick casting uh i i'm gonna i think it's a good time to bring this up uh casting with these shows mean more than a lot of people really undermine um a lot of times uh game show contestants have to have a certain trait uh, if it's prices right, yeah, woo-woo works, and let's make a deal. Woo-woo works. Uh, but a lot of people can catch on real quick that how fake that is. And if it's fake, they just tune out. And I gotta tell people this in the casting world. Hey, casting agents, please hire different versions of people. You know, maybe woo-woo-woo-woo isn't really the best because we don't want everyone to sound like a fire alarm. Maybe we want people to go, oh my god, or holy shit, if they can have that reaction as well, maybe cast them as well to your show. Yeah, don't get the boring people because if it's boring, then maybe there's... But maybe if they're boring, cast them as well because there are some people here who might just be that guy. And I think when it comes to these game shows, they don't really cast the wide variety of people anymore. They just want to cast characters that they want to do storytelling like Deal or No Deal. Or they want to cast people that are just know how to play the game like Jeopardy. And they don't really understand how a game show can really be sold when it comes to what's a good casting choice. And I think when it comes to the Cube, the best kind of contestants would be ones that aren't woo-woo-woo-woo, holy crap, yeah, woo! It needs to be somebody who is like who can it cause these are things in the line of danger. These are like, like you have to have people who would be considered everyday heroes. So you gotta have police, firefighters, the troops, contestants like this, where it is this in this intense game and it's stressful points. And they can actually, uh, think in the line of the stress, what to do when there is one game in front of them and they have a big cash prize. Uh, Otherwise what you could do, and this is an alternative way is you could just cheapen the game slightly and make it a CW show. Now I don't think sh- I think if, if you were the sh- if the cube was ever to come to the states, uh, the CBS was not gonna be the choice. I don't I mean maybe Fox, I think Fox was the first at hand to pick it up and they said no, never mind. give it to CBS. And I could understand that as well uh, because Fox game shows are big, extraordinary, over-the-top game shows. Uh, CBS is more refined game. ABC is more family programming. NBC, it used to be the hallmark of game shows. It used to be where the good game shows are. And if there is going to be a resurgence of a game show, odds are it would be NBC that picks it up. Uh, It didn't really work with The Millionaire, but NBC did have their own hit with Weakest Link, uh, which of course is a British format as well, but more on that later. Uh, the, the Cube would work on either an extended cable channel, which would be weird because at the time, not a lot of uh, cable channels had it. This would be a show that would definitely have been a GSN original for 50000 and no one would ever win any money. Alternatively, the show could have easily worked on the CW, but the CW doesn't really do well with game shows. At the time, they only had a few reality competition shows, you know, their top models, uh, your, your 13 fear is real uh, game, uh, reality competition show. That I don't think it would have worked, but in this world of superhero television going on now, the Cube would obviously be a good fit for the CW but with a cash price of a quarter million pounds. And I don't think people are going to have that same dilemma in, in, in the United States if it was a quarter million dollars or even half a million, unless the prize tree worked. And uh, here is basically, uh, I wrote this down. Um, if I was to do a prize tree for the cube, here's the, the paper. Uh, the first game was for $5,000 dollars. Every game, like that's become a trope now. Is the first thing's for a thousand. I don't like that. I don't like the first being a thousand. I think that that works in some games because you know you're easing people in. But but come on, I I think you know if you're going to do something where it's one game, five thousand dollars would be a great start because that's a holy cow! Can't believe this game in this something so simple is worth five thousand. Because you know people might actually start thinking maybe this is the time. If you get someone with grandiose amount of money at the start, they're already in the game and they're already thinking, okay, this is some serious dough. Uh, game one's for a $1, thousand, game two's for ten thousand. Game three is for twenty thousand uh, ga- dollars. Game four is for fifty thousand dollars. So you got you got five, one you got five, ten, twenty, uh, fifty, and then one hundred thousand, then two hundred thousand, and then finally half a million. That that would be how I would have done the, the price tree on the cube. Because if you get to the first three games, now you have twenty thousand dollars. That's the actual game show top prize on some shows like Family Feud. So now you actually have a decision to make when you're playing for fifty thousand dollars versus the twenty thousand. And that's the fifth game. Then, like, like that's going into the fourth game. Then you go into the fifth game. You have fifty thousand, double or nothing for a hundred thousand. Then you double or nothing that for two hundred thousand. And if you get through all six games, that's $200,000. That's a great day. And then, you know, that you get your half a million dollar decision. That's what makes the game, why I feel like the game show would work. But of course, that's throwing money into a fire pit uh, when it comes to this game show. Essentially doubling everything. Um... But uh, the 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 show needs to have some sort of of risk reward system in place, and I think the money tree is a fitting fit for the show because of the the, the importance of lives. Unlike other game shows, uh, there's a the quick difference between here here here's a here's an easy thing that is, I know someone's going to say. This isn't this just a rebuff of Minute to Win It? Minute to Win It definitely was the United States game show, and the Cube is British as it all gets. Um, on minute to win it, if you fail a 60 second game, you lose the life. You lose all three lives. The game is over, but there are uh, save points, uh, game five at 50,000. and then later in later seasons, game ones were a thousand, or the 2,500. And then the last three games were a quarter million, half a million, one million dollars. On the cube, there is no safety net. So every game could be the last which adds more to the risk reward system. Also that mean that's kind of why I want the first game to be worth $5,000 because if, if you're going to end the game if you're going to just like make someone lose, you know you can always just secretly say the consolation prize of $1,000 or 500 bucks like they do on Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. So that can be off the table and now everything is focused on the $5,000 or the $10,000 or $20,000 or the $50,000 or $100,000 or the $200,000 or that jackpot game for half a million dollars. Because of that 125 jump, 125 jump, uh, you get uh, you get a, you, you get a big jump. And when that it's not 25, it's a 20 to 50 which does have them not any advantage. It's no, not really double or nothing, but it does give people a bit more of an incentive to want to go on. But it obviously puts them at the point where every 10 to 20 is a double or nothing decision, which means that you're going to see a lot of people want to bow out at game five or game six if the game is not really doing so well or they maybe have two or three lives. And I think that's what was necessary for games like the cube. The cube has to have, uh, like we said in the pricing game spotlight, there are games where there is maximum tension. The way to have maximum tension on the cube is you have to basically lose your lives every bit often. Then when it comes down to the final few games, you're down to maybe one, two, or three lives. Then you have that final game. You have your three lives left. Three lives remain. You try it once. Two lives remaining. Now things are getting really intense. You try it one more time. One life remaining. You're defeated. This is your last game, and it's for all the marbles. If you get this, you you beat the cube. If you succeed, you have beaten the cube and you get a quarter million, but you could lose it all if you do Try one more time. You complete it. You beat the cube. And when you beat the cube, the screen turns gold, and everything's gold. And wow, you beat the cube, and there's these CGI sparkles all over the place. It's weird. And then, they, and then Philip Schofield goes inside the cube. I, I guess that's what the takeaway is. Um, but the 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 exciting thing of the cube is games that involve maximum tension. And it's the wide variety of games. It's not necessarily counting. It's not necessarily stacking. It's not necessarily physical. It's mental. It's every, It's agility. It's it's dexterity. It's it's just putting a ball onto a wall or looking at a corner, and then there's going to be a whole bunch of ping pong balls that are are uh, white, and one of those balls is red. You got to catch the red ball. Things like that make for a really fun. Game to look at. Of course, because of the technology and everything in place, that's what made this show so expensive. But I think that was what makes the appeal of this show work. I don't think this show would ever work on any other network other than the CW, uh, because of the hero-based shows that they are currently airing, plus uh, the way that they really love having British adaptations like *Pen & Teller Fool Us on the air, Uh, But, of course, being CW, it's a very cheap network. Uh, I don't even think they have half a million dollars per episode on some of these shows. (laughs) But it, it could get people interested in the network. I don't think it would work on CBS. I don't think it would work on NBC, ABC, Fox. Fox, I know a lot of people would assume that because the extravagance of Here's a Cube... And the 360 tech effects and this big wide audience and this big wide studio and spotlights everywhere. and But it, I don't know if that would ever, ever see the light of day. But uh, if you just search like the Cube, you, I'm pretty sure there are episodes up on YouTube illegally that you could watch. And it's a thrill ride uh, because they make sure every life these contestants have matter. They make sure the backing music makes for the most intense three minutes of what amounts to putting a ball like basically getting a marble and just rolling it down a yardstick. If you've ever done that, if you ever just rolled a marble around the edge of a yardstick, not like the wide side, but like the edge, that little one centimeter size edge and try not to drop it. You have all the time in the world. There's no time limit, but you just got to get from one end of the yardstick To the other you can see how that game show would be a little intense now play inside a plexiglass cube that heats up because it's a plexiglass cube and there's cameras and an audience and your friends watching and you're playing for a hundred thousand dollars that that's that's the cube it's it's a very weird game uh the cube not only has an app apparently a board game i don't know how that would work other than variations of quarters but sure um let's see if there's any other fun facts i can grab here i'm gonna go to ukgameshows.com my go-to place uh for the show uh the body as the body uh oh yes uh that is appeal people have for the uk version of the game show is the content uh not only is the contestant basically have a camera towards them but philip schofield also does and because of the high uh, tension that comes into the game When a contestant Fails not only do they Close up on the contestant being upset They go straight to the host who has these Strangest facial reactions Of of sheer terror It's a it's the, it's a Game show host where He is looking at like a train wreck So he has his hands covered to his Mouth and he's like oh no Or he has his hands covered to his eyes Because he can't watch and this isn't Like um like, you know, for tension's sake and over dramatic. this is like a contest, like, this is a host that really does care for the contestant. And when he completes something, big shock, big, you know, celebration jump, and it, it makes for us a good television, I feel. Uh, one key moment from this show was the game Barrier, which we explained earlier, which is Mo Farah's game that he won the quarter million pounds on. Earlier in the first season, uh, there was a it was played for fifty thousand pounds, and uh, the contestant had very tight jeans on, and he realized it was not really able to lift his knees enough to go over the barrier. That the host and the contestant suggested he take off the trousers, and so he, you know, took off his pants and did it in his boxer shorts. Everyone had a good laugh. Uh, but he did complete it, and that was the, the silliest thing. Um, uh, uh, that, that's <laughs> uh, one contestant, JJ, won 10,000 pounds of labor. Purt is a housemate on the 11th series of Big Bubble. Thank you for that, UK Game Shows. And it was voted the best new show on the poll of 2009. It is a big prize game show. That I would say. Um it's unfortunate that the show ended, and I think part of the reason the show ended was they relied a little too heavy on gimmicks towards the end of their run. Uh, like any game show, uh, when when a show is near the we-need-to-pick-up-the-viewership, let's do celebrity specials, let's do the, the one-offs, let's have cont- contest like a civilian and then a celebrity. Let's just get celebrities to play the show. I gotta get on my little rant column here. Folks, stop doing celebrity specials. I understand the appeal for celebrities doing the game shows, but you either do a game for celebrities or you're doing a game for civilians. I understand the need for ce- celebrities with, c- with civilians. There's game shows that work. That's called Pyramid, that's called Match Game, that's called Hollywood Game Night. Those shows work because you can have civilians with celebrities playing the same game. The celebrity gets their airtime, they get to do their plugs, they get to give money to charity if it's their own discretion. When it's something that is a celebrity off version, unless it's celebrity jeopardy, I don't see the appeal to it. With celebrity jeopardy, it, it, it's basically the same game where you're watching the screen, you're playing along, and the contestants this time just happen to be celebrities. When it's the cube, there is no play-along. 1 versus 100 was trivia. You can play along. Jeopardy, it's trivia. Definitely play along. The cube has nothing to play along with. The only thing you could do is, if, to play along with is either buy one of these games that aren't necessarily exactly like the games or try and recreate some of the challenges at home. Got to go to the supermarket, get one of those air puffed balls in a bucket, and then close your eyes and try and throw it into a bucket like five feet away. That's that's essentially what the cube is trying to teach you. Um, of course, the, the appeal of finding games, build it yourself, and try it uh, would become the major selling point of Minute to Win It with a lot of games involving ping pong balls and, and, and solo cups and quarters and, and CD trays and, and Pringles containers uh, and glasses, uh, that the, 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 they had a bigger advantage when it came to their show versus The Cube coming here in the United States uh so so there's two extremes when it comes to the same skill-based game show um but what the cube should have done and i'm sure they would have done if it was here is get civilians because when it's civilians and it's big money on the line and there's a game in front of them or they did a trial run and they failed it or they completed it that adds to the tension of the game because now we know you have 50,000. This is for a 100,000. You have 3 lives. They did the statistics, it takes on average 4 lives. You have 3. Do you really want to go on and risk the 50,000 just to double it? You have 50,000 right now. What does this money mean to you? With a civilian episode you get moments like that. you will get if this you will get people going well, this money will definitely change my life. We can take the kids on a holiday. we can go on vacation. I could pay off some bills. we could do this and this. That makes for a good show. when it's a, when it's a celebrity edition, you have fifty thousand this is for a hundred thousand. well the charity could use fifty thousand. I'll go on. What? Because no matter what, they always get the money. And uh, they never want to end the celebrity editions on a bummer ending, so they always give some sort of donation to the charity of the celebrity's choice. It never happens with the civilian episodes. Now that I think about it, come on. Um... So the Cube just ended up having a lot more gimmicks to their show, a lot more celebrity additions, and I think they put it at a weird time slot, which did not do well for the ratings. When those happen, that means the show basically gets axed. The Cube uh, remains one of my favorite games as far as the way that it handled tension, the way it handled pressure, uh, the variety of games played inside the Cube, and definitely, most importantly, I have to keep saying this: the technology involved with the show, from the cameras to the set dressing to the lighting to 360 cam, it is a, a person is in a is in a matrix game show more or less, and that made it really cool to watch. That even if you could not physically play along with the game, you were on the edge of your seat, hoping a contestant. Could, could basically uh, throw a ball into a cylinder. <laughs> like, that's it. It's ball in the cup, but it's played inside the cube. Um, so, so the cube is one of those amazing foreign formats. I wish it was still on the air, but, I mean, the UK has hundreds of game shows at this point i could just do nothing but british game shows if i wanted to but this is a game show podcast and i wanted to talk about game shows from all over the world and i like to stay here in america but sometimes there's a good format like the cube that i just want to talk about and just get excited for it i still can't believe there's an there's the app and it's available in american audiences and you could play it that's amazing i'm definitely going to be playing it when and when this recording ends again i i think i can beat the cube um, so that's going to do it, uh, in terms of the cube. Now let's move on to the other beloved segment that comes to the show because we have no celebrity guests in the studio to talk game shows with. Uh, this is a segment, uh, where we look at a pricing game. Let's look at the Price is Right pricing game spotlight. Okay, this game is called Double Prices. It's the simplest pricing game of all, and is the last of the three that were played on the premiere episode of The Price is Right. September 4th, 1972 was its premiere date. Tape date, 0011D. Uh, It can be played pretty much anywhere on the Price is Right stage. Uh, You might pretty much say it's that one boring game. Um, So so here's how the gameplay works according to the Price is Right wiki. The contestant is faced with two prizes, one of which is the right price. Choose the right price, you win the prize. The price is higher on the top, the price is lower on the bottom. In episodes 3, 4, and 6, number 003N, 004N, and 006N, respectively of Dennis james's version, the game was played with two prizes, so in effect the version was called Double Double Prizes. Traditionally, Double Prizes is considered a time saver game due to its fast gameplay and frequently appears. On episodes of pricing games that take longer to play, such as Plinko, Three Strikes, etc. Um, I'm going to read the history in just a bit. Uh, just get some quick uh, r- rundown. Uh, so you you know it's it's the game show where it's like you you come on up. You just won the you won your uh, your hammock. Let's just go with a hammock. And now what can go with that hammock? How about a a jet ski? It's this watercraft jet ski. All right. Uh, The price of that jet ski is $7,499 or $6,899. If you can tell me which is the price of that jet ski, you will win it. It is an A-B game. Uh, A-B because it's a choice of two prizes. Uh, And and these are always time-saver games. And typically, uh, if you ever watch The Price is Right, you would know that a lot of that there is basically a code of conduct with the Price Is Right in terms of the Price Is Right rotation in the show. One game has to involve money as a prize. One uh, Price Is Right pricing game has to have uh, grocery items because of promotional consideration. Uh, in each of the two halves, I means of the first three and then the last three, one of those games must be played for a car. And finally. One of those six pricing games must be an A-B game. A-B means a choice of two ideas, which means that could be either um, the double prices we're talking about. It could be side-by-side. It could be flip-flop. It could be uh, even double-cross, for that matter. A game that can be played very fast and has nothing other than, well, just hit the button and see if you're right. Because you're basically worth maybe 45 seconds of airtime for us. That's double prizes and to any prices right fan not a lot of people enjoy this game and i understand why there's no there's no iconic thing to do with this this game with plinko it's the chip with cliffhangers it's the yodely guy with the with grocery game it's the little cash register with pay the rent it's the big extravagant sign hot seat has the chair uh rat race has the rats There's some sort of iconic thing associated with a game. With double prizes, it's just two price tags and the center one having the correct answer. Um, All right, so, uh, I I mean, it's an okay game, but I know if you're a contestant on The Price is Right and that was your game, you'd feel a little disappointed. But, I mean, a prize is a prize. So, if you were there and you just wanted to get, like, anything and then get out, that's your game to go. Like that is just uh here's the prize. I just want to see AB and then pick one and then leave. Um so here's the history. Double Prices is, is the very first pricing game to be lost on its first playing. But it go gets it, it's got it's very first win the next day 0012D and it aired out of order on September 6, 1972. Overall, double prices has been played more times than any other pricing game, with most expensive as the second highest uh, ranked pricing game played. Once again, it's an A-B game, very quick, easy to understand. Is it this or this? You win. On the May eighteenth, nineteen seventy-seven, the game still didn't get its title, but the podium had changed. For full proof, see above. Uh, Also, it just points out: don't get this game confused with one right price. One right prices game with two prizes in one price tag and you have to tell me which is the which uh prize is that does that price tag go to. This is just double prizes, which is just two price tags. I used to just call it two price tags. It's called double prizes. Um the, and this is the one where, where if it was Bob Barker, it'd just be like, and it, it's a four all. We going to spin the big wheel. If it's Drew Carey, that's the hold my hand, say Alakazam. He pushes the button, and then the price tag shows up. Um, all right, let's keep going. Uh, on May 18, 1977, tape date two three eight three D. The game still didn't get its title, but the podium had changed for full proof. See above. I don't. It's an audio podcast. I'm not gonna explain it. On March 21st, 1983, the third blue podium was introduced with the show's original logo in white letters with a yellow price down dollar sign. Okay, sure. On January 14, 1987, the fourth and current Double Prices podium premiered, but it was in black. Not only that, the game got its title and the show's logo got colored to match what was on the big doors. On March 27, 1987, the fourth Double Prices podium has taken on its normal blue appearance. On June 7th, 2001, the font style of the double prices logo changed. Alert the media. Uh, the original logo returned on the April Fools episode, April 1st, 2011, as a specifically made prop for a joke. When Drew pressed the button, the logo fell down, revealing a bunch of groceries and smoke. The logo was brought back for good on April 28th, 2011. Uh, tape date 5544K. As of May 7th, 2009, Whenever a trip is displayed on an audience monitor, it is played in front of the contestant's row. Okay, so there's the... So now, in, if you've never seen the prices right nowadays, uh, the, there's now a big... There's a big honking TV screen in the audience now, and that's if there's, like, a prize. There's, like, a little mini-stage, and then the model would just, like, you know, wave her hands or his hands on the big honkin' screen, and it says, Bermuda or Tokyo and and then there's this little uh it was mixed for a really cool graphic a mix for a really good direction scene because now you see the crowd and you see the two prices and if you're the contestant it makes it easier to see the audience for the sighting which is kind of the only appeal you can have for a price is right game that amounts to is it this or that uh so so the, the the game does look really cool and you should definitely see a modern game with it because the way it's presented with the big screen and this it works otherwise it's you know in one of those double doors and a or b alakazam okay so uh, on the October twenty second twenty thirteen episode aired out of order uh, on October eighth. And it was in episode number 6462K. A contestant named Vernon Johnson won a $20,000 bonus for being the first person on stage to win their pricing game during Publisher's Clearinghouse Week. It was played in the fourth position. Since the current Double Prices podium debuted in 1987, the Double Prices logo was absent four times. Oh, oh no. Um, October 4th, 1995 number 9673D, January 10th, 1996, number 9803D, November 1st, 1996, number 0115K, and November 20th, 1996, number 0143K. During Bob Barker's final episode that aired June 15th, 2007, number uh, 4035K, double prices was played for a car that was worth $29,560, and it was won. On the March 24th, 2017 episode, number 7865K, aired out of order on March 31st, the College Rivals episode. Lillian Garcia, South Carolina, won a $10,747 trip to London, England. Uh, oh, oh, I, I guess the trip is because Lillian Garcia. She okay so if you're not in the game show nerdy world or, or i guess not even wrestling lillian garcia is uh as an announcer on the wwe she's one of those uh, ladies that go the following contest is scheduled for one fall so i guess the fact that she was a contestant and this was her game makes it trivia good to know uh all right also, very sad, the fact that you go from the WWE to being a contestant on The Price is Right. as guess Vince McMahon can't ha- hire you to fly out to London, England on his dime for an event. You had to earn it by going on The Price is Right. That's depressing. Uh, on the September 20th of 2017, number 8013K aired out of order on September 22nd. Double Prices got a new game board the same shape as the 1987-2017 game board and operated the same way. Some trivia uh, facts. The most number of times this game was played on any season was 83 times. The, it was the last of three pricing games to premiere in the premiere episode on September 4th, 1972, number 0011D. The other two were any number, which was our first episode, and bonus game. Um, in foreign versions, like in Mexico, Con Melon or Con Sandia with cantaloupe or with watermelon, players chose the price by saying the name of the melon attached to the price rather than the price itself. And in the United Kingdom, the prize uh, the game is called Double Price Tags. At least during Bruce Forsyth's run in Australia, it's called Two Price Tags. What the hell? I mean, like that's, that. That. <laughs> so Australia has my thought process. You know, all the Aussies, you know, you guys you guys rule. <laughs> you guys have my thought. Um and it looks like if you see like if then you can look at it and it, it's kind of a weird look cuz it's two price tags on like a little mini shelf and then the logo of the item and then the reveal. And then eventually there was like a question mark looking something straight out of the Riddler from the 1966 Batman series. Uh, and then there's the Price is Right logo. Then there's this weird, weird triple thing that looks like something straight out of the Golden Road. And then there's the the one that's the one that's kind of familiar with everyone else, where it's one big shelf, a little tiny logo, a bigger shelf, and both of those little price tags that are those big little ovals that you all know and love. And then the, the newer one that shows up where it's just a uh, weird, weird dollar sign and, and it's like a slanted kind of podium. But hey, it's it's a game show. And you know, the best part is with the double prices is it can be played for any prize because it's an AB game and it's all just which of these two is the right price. It could be played for a trip. It could be played for a jet ski. It could be played for a motorcycle. It could be played for a brand new car. It could be played for trips around the world or even a showcase package. That's the appeal I have with Double Prices and that's why it has a longevity with the show. It's a game that much like a bonus game and any number have basically been there since day one and still continue to be here to this day. And I think that the major factor is One, the timing, two, the simplistic nature, and three, the fact that it's a quick game that you look in the audience and you see one or two, one, 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 two, 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 the other one, the 14, the 14, the 22, the 22, things like that 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 make the show uh, appealing. Uh, Of course, uh, there's not really much tension you can have other than you pick the price tag. Okay, if this is the price tag, you have won it. Let's reveal the price tag. Because it's Double Prices and a very quick game, they don't hesitate the game. They just push the damn button. Let's cut to commercial. Uh, So so Double Prices is an iconic game for this very reason, and it would spark a whole line of AB games to follow, which we will cover in later episodes. Uh, Next time, we're going to be looking at the September 5th game a certain game called grocery game and i hope you guys stay tuned to watch it uh anyway that's gonna i guess do it we're gonna just quickly uh real quick i'm going to check my discord and i'm going to check certain areas where i have responded to this uh according to people uh they like the game show podcast they like me being lonely talking about game shows that's nice i guess um i am going to the i'm going to the jack bb forums uh jack allison has a daytime uh new show on twitch called jack am and pairing that is the jack bulletin board of old school bulletin board system makes you feel all like you're straight back into 1998 um and there is a, a section dedicated podcasting i put a link to that and uh there's a few questions so i'm going to read those right now because of course i would it's me that's that's all i could do uh so uh jack blue 69 says love the episode this is the jeopardy episode can't wait to learn more about merv griffin's monopoly show well i might do that real soon um I mean there's the Monopoly as a format has gone on to be so many variations of it. I mean there there is Monopoly Millionaires Club which was a lottery game show that came out recently. Uh, there was three different pilots of Monopoly one of which was hosted by Mark Summers. It's kind of freaky which was just a version of Monopoly where they just rolled the, the die and that was the game. Um this was kind of like a game where to win the properties you had to figure out uh, trivia questions where all the answers were of the same letter. Like all the ones on on the in Park Avenue are the letter B, uh, because that was Mark Murph Griffin's attempt to have some sort of crossword uh, word play game because he's a word play aficionado. Um, but not everyone got the same token, so they just went around the same board. And there was no physical gel stone. I thought that was annoying. Um, but uh, if you want a good adaptation of uh, uh, Monopoly, uh, or a close enough adaptation to people playing Monopoly, look towards Hardcore Tabletop Season 1 on Roosterteeth.com, in which people I've never really heard of uh, play the board game Monopoly and have a good time doing that. I would say that's the closest way you could adapt a game show about housing markets and rent control and screwing over uh, working class individuals by having a Monopoly on different blocks of real estate with the intent to bankrupt your opponents so that you're the only one left standing and and basically dominate the world. That's kind of, I think, the appeal for Monopoly what a grim game that is. Um, another uh, I got was a DM. I'm not going to say their name. And they were trying to, and they were wondering uh, what is the, what is your most favorite, what is your favorite uh, remake recently? My favorite is the new double there. And I was looking to figure out what your favorite is. Well, thank you, me. Um, my favorite revival. Uh, that's tough. Because I, because th- I think we're, when we're going to cover every one of these game shows, the revivals will definitely show up, and I think a lot of them have their own appeals. Some are good, some are bad. Like to Tell the Truth, not that good of a reboot, but a Pyramid, really good reboot match game. It's okay, um, but but it just depends on uh, which uh, for which game it is and how the game is played and how it best adapts to their host. Uh, Double Dare is an okay reboot. I enjoy it, but I think it was done on the cheap um, because the, I think the Nickelodeon producers do not know uh, if they wanted to give so much money to the show or not yet. Uh, because they're basically uh, gambling on nostalgia being the factor for the show rather than ratings, and the numbers are really, really good. That no, it's no doubt there's going to probably be a season two. My only hope is that they actually splurge the money and, and make the site make the set brighter and colorful because it's just dark and dreary and dark. it's just dark blacks and dark blues and dark purples. It's dark. When it's doubled there it should be bright and colorful and wacky. Um and, and I I don't know if, if they're gonna do it or they're just gonna continue making the show feel very, very cheap. But I, I I know Liza Koch, she's a good host, and Mark Summers is still there, so they have a win-win scenario when it comes to the show. Um, but I think when it comes to the reboots, it just depends on, on which show and if the person that does it understands the game format. Sometimes a reboot actually is for the better. Like, for instance, The Joker's Wireless Snoop Dogg is actually pretty good when it comes to how they play the front game. The Beat the Dragon uh, final round, I, I don't know still because it's the first you gotta get to 20 you gotta get the ten thousand dollars to win twenty five thousand or fifty thousand i forgot what their what their new base is and then snoop dog drops money and says you can quit You should quit quote this money and, and i maybe it works maybe it doesn't work who knows we'll find out more about a lot of these game shows when that day comes um But for right now, we are going to close out the first week of episodes because we did the first episode of The Price is Right, and we learned a lot about the first three game shows that premiered on the first episode. We learned about Any Number, we learned about Bonus Game, and we learned about uh, Double Prices. In addition, we learned about the three different kinds of games that exist, uh, a game show that that, that existed in uh, early on, like like One versus One Hundred, a cult phenomenon like Jeopardy, and a foreign classic like The Cube. And I think uh, when we continue exploring the world of game shows, we will continue uh, seeing what will happen. Are we going to do Password next? Win, loser draw? High rollers? Are we going to do? the joker's wild are we gonna do tic-tac-doe hollywood squares what are we doing let's make a deal when are we going to cover all all sorts of great game shows well i don't know usually i have a checklist and i kind of only wrote these three down maybe next time we're gonna be talking about the monopoly show or or click with ryan seacrest i don't i don't know But uh, I hope you guys uh, stay tuned for more. Thank you so much for making this uh, first three pilot episodes a success. I'll be doing more next week. I've obviously worn out my voice uh, when it comes to this show. Uh, So uh, the wall was built to change lives. That's what it did today. Thank you for watching. Good night. Good night. And big smooch.